0: No, I just gotta stretch. Okay. I just gotta stretch. I just gotta stretch. Okay. I heard you the first four times. Oh, okay. You ready? I mean, yeah. Okay. Are we recording? Yeah. Okay. That's what I was asking. You said no. Oh. Like then, three times. <laughs> no, I said I just said no once, and then I hit record. <sighs> okay, whatever. <laughs> That's why what you got to say the same thing over and over again? That all makes sense. Ah, uh, now it all comes together. <laughs> now it all comes together. Now I understand <laughs> your duplicity. You felon. You, you fool. Cr- you criminal. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hysterical History. It is a fine day for a podcast. Yeah, look how nice it is outside. So overcast. So overcast, and it's like a good... I want to say it's like 70 degrees maximum in our house right now, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. Because this weekend was horrific. I know a lot of you, some of you, had a, are having just a terrible time. Yeah, summer's bad. Yeah. Over like 100... 110, 125, We right. got to 90, and we almost died. Yeah, we, we were are. having a bad day. <laughs> we were terrible. We were uh, sweating downstairs playing Pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to save the world, and we couldn't. I mean, we did, but we didn't. We thought we were doing it wrong. I know. We saved or it twice, it but we were like, no, we should just die. <laughs> we can't do <laughs> it. It's terrible. But it was hot here, but I know it's not nearly as hot as basically everywhere else. So. This is hysterical history. Isn't it so funny when we talk about the weather? Yeah. <laughs> of the all best. things we can talk about. <laughs> and not even like historical weather, you know, just like the weather right now. Oh, I can talk about historical weather. Historical weather is very interesting. Yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago I was talking about historical weather yeah. with the molasses flood. Mm-hmm. Um, molasses isn't a weather, Alexis. <laughs> no, but they're talking about the <laughs> temperatures outside when that was happening. <laughs> this forecast, molasses. I want to be the meteorologist that gets uh, to do that. Look out for a molasses flood <laughs> right, happening right now. You're all going to die. Yep. A giant flood, or it's it's more like you. it's more like um, the person who does the uh, the highway updates, right? Like the accidents, mm. they're like, you don't want to take this street because they've had a molasses flood. <laughs> Your car's gonna <will> get stuck. A <laughs> lot of deaths. Don't do that. <laughs> Instead, take this alternate route. <laughs> Look out for all the deaths on I five. It's real bad. Ooh. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, my name is Alexis. And I'm Haley. And today, guess what we're gonna talk about, Haley? Canada. We are talking about Canada. After I called Canada out for not listening enough, <laughs> they have firmly cemented themselves in third place. For listeners, we expected better of you, Germany. Germany hasn't listened at all <laughs> since I said that, but Canada has quite a bit. Canada, okay. we love you. Good job. We're so proud of Our you. Our beautiful neighbors. And here is your present. Your <laughs> episode about you. <laughs> we reward you for yeah. your baby. We pat you on the head. Terrible. Good boy. Good Terrible. boy. Germany, we're not doing yours ever. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so but mean. not until you step it up. <laughs> well, so <mean. laughs> anyway, so. I was trying to find something interesting in Canadian history, but as you can guess, that might be mildly difficult. As far as like something funny, whoa, that's rude. Not to be prejudiced, oh, that's but rude. Canada, you're so peaceful Canada. and nice that it's hard to find people who are being crappy and stupid. Canada is full of funny people. Sure, they're funny, but like, they're just their history is so much more relaxed than ours. Um. Okay. And, um, I mean, once they're a country. Now I want to find more funny things in Canada, just be like, I mean, I found an article, so L- I, <laughs> look how funny Canada is. No, they have stuff, that's why I'm, but I'm, I'm saying when I was looking, I, w- I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that I was like, oh, this is Canadian and funny. Yeah. Um, but I then just, I found this article. I just don't know a lot about Canada. The only things I know about Canada are all like Gold Rush related because they're Alaska related. Right. I don't really know a lot either, besides like things that my Canadian friends have told me. And I know like that they have their own Thanksgiving that's at a different time than ours, and it's for something weird that I don't remember. I mean, ours is for something super weird. I mean, ours is like a coming together of cultures, and theirs is like someone tried to do something and failed, but they're still proud that he tried. (laughs) I'm almost positive. That's so cute. (laughs) It's very Canada. It's so Canada. I love it. So Canada. Um, I want you to know, Canada, I love you, though. I would much rather be Canadian than American. Um, (laughs) I'm often called Canadian because people don't know where Alaska is. It's true. Um, Including by me. Yeah, often. And if it's not Canada, it's Russia. It's true. <laughs> and, um, but I know your whole, uh, I almost said theme song. <laughs> it is! It's a theme song. <laughs> I know your whole anthem. Um, your whole theme song. And I'm proud to live in a state that touches you. Touches. Directly. You know, when I was living in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. it was so close, but there was something wrong about it. Like, deep down, there's something just rotten. Right. In Wisconsin, it's because it wasn't touching Canada. Yeah. There's a big, there's a big water in the way. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, that won't do. Useless. Anyway. Gotta be right up there. Yeah. Yeah, Canada's like five hours from here. You gotta touch. (laughs) Reach out and touch someone. (laughs) Touch Canada. (laughs) So creepy. It made us real awkward. <laughs> anyway, um, so when I was looking for a topic, I just like googled like funny Canadian stories or history or something, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I found a Mental Floss article. And I read a couple of their options, and then I was like, okay. And then I found one that I settled on and liked, and I couldn't believe happened in Canada. Um, but I wanted you to know the title of that article is Eight Non Boring Moments in Canadian History. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It's so... The Canadian prejudice is through the roof. Uh, positive prejudice. You want your history to be boring. I promise you. It assumes that it's all boring. It's true. Um. So I, I looked up how to say this name, and I promise I'm going to say it wrong. This yeah. Canadian city town name. But hey, if you don't like the way you pronounce it, you should... Email <laughs> You should. I'm trying to, like, remind myself how it sounds, because I listened to a video for them to teach me. Oh. Um, and I checked other videos to make sure they weren't trolling me, because, you know, those trolly-speaking um, yeah. ones that are just, like, gobbledygook, and I'm like, no, I need it to actually be true. Yes. Um, so I'm going to read you a quote from one of the articles I read. It says, a trip to the local museum mostly shows off... Oh, oh and this is in the town that we're talking about. Mostly shows off fun local events, like its annual bathtub boat races. Mm-hmm. and the town's history of involvement in the coal and logging industries. Mm-hmm. But a small pedestal in the middle containing a handful of artifacts hints at one of the darkest stories of Nanaimo's past, something that few residents are old enough to remember. Oh, dear. We're going to talk about Brother Twelve. Brother Twelve. Brother Twelve, or Brother XII. That's how it's spelled. Um, he's also called the Devil of Courcy Island. It's very specific. Yes. <laughs> How big is this island? They're not big. It's not yep. big. Uh, he's probably the only mean bad person who's ever lived there. <laughs> um, All the more notable for that. So he was born in Birmingham, England, in 1878. Oh, he's English. He is English. That's that's what it is. <laughs> England, it's time to insult you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any Eng- English listeners. We can insult them all we want. Uh, I guess. What are we going to do? They're not going to call in angry. <laughs> <laughs> no one can call in. We don't have a phone. <laughs> well, they especially can't because they're English. <laughs> they'll, just be, like, mild- they'll just be mildly upset about it. They're like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't very polite. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, but he's born in 1878 and says, with the, with the less interesting name of Edward Arthur Wilson. Most boring name, but also he has three first names, so he's gonna be evil It's <laughs> just um, <laughs> a true fact of life yeah um so on oh he he goes by a lot of names, so there's edward uh Arthur Wilson is his real name, Brother Twelve is the name eventually that um someone will give him We'll get to that. Um, but also in March 1931, apparently he legally changed his name to Amiel de Valdez. So he has a lot of names. Um... He's described by Professor James A. Santucci, who I'm assuming studies things about him, as sharing the brilliance of an L. Ron Hubbard, the destructiveness of a Jim Jones, and the hypnotic hold of a Rasputin. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Canadians got a cult leader. Oh. <laughs> brother Twelveologist. He's mm-hmm. a brother Twelveologist. In the and and like a cult leader in the early times, man. In the early times, like, I'm into it. I mean, it's not like Rasputin wasn't in the early times. It's true. <laughs> but in Canada. Canada. Because I expect if Canada had a cult leader, it'd be like most places when they have cult leaders, like, it was like in the, a lot of them were in the 60s and 70s yeah. because of drugs and free love and all sorts of stupidness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, all those stupid things. Free love. Uh Nonsense. <laughs> love for your fellow man i'm not ridiculous gr- no 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 i just mean like <laughs> rampant you know sexual exploration oh which worst. you can do that if you want to but it's like there's a huge attitude about like ooh, new ways of thinking and like oh maybe you do have knowledge i don't have maybe you are speaking to some being no don't listen to that mm-hmm. you're in a cult call your dad call your dad <laughs> my favorite murder shout out um so his parents are people I don't really care about. Um, charismatic Scottish preacher uh, who predicted Christ's return to earth within the lifetime of his followers. But, like, you know, who doesn't? They're like, he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. People always think he's right about to come back. Don't worry about it. He's coming back. Like, just like in a couple yeah. weeks, maybe? A couple weeks. Yeah, don't even don't even worry about your life because yeah. Christ is going to come back and fix everything. Um, Even though it says in the Bible we don't know when it's going to happen. I'm saying it soon Um, so he claimed to be in touch with um, from childhood with supernatural beings Uh, he says at first I thought that these were angels but as I grew older and received teachings I learned of the masters and their work for humanity he needed to be on medication (laughs) Yes, probably. And therapy. Uh, So he met and married a woman named Marjorie Clark in New Zealand. I don't know how he got to New Zealand from England, but he did it. I'm assuming by boat. Maybe they were pen pals for a while. (laughs) They kind of met in the middle. I don't know. In 1902. And then they have two children before 1907. And then... They would have met in the middle. The middle is Canada. Sort of. Not physically, but sure. Not physically, but... Well, close. In 1907, he moves his wife and children to British Columbia, where it says he held various jobs. Which I'm like, what does that mean? A farmer. It means he can't keep a job. Uh, hoe digger. <laughs> we'll get to hoe digger later. Tree clipper. Um. So, some five years later, Wilson abandons his family, bye bye, and just hits the seas. The the seas. Yes. All of his, them? his love and lady is the sea, don't you there, know? Here we go. So he he's going and sailing. Life. Yeah. Yeah, in his life. Um and he's promoted from to navigator and then to captain, so apparently he's pretty good at it. Don't or make him a captain. A lot of people are dying and they need somebody. Um, is this during war? What time is this? Uh, it's 19, it's, like, between 1907 and 1912, so. Oh. Not really. I'm just saying, like, maybe they're dying at the sea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they're just not I even, don't know. <laughs> they're not even eating enough, like, citrus, they're all, they just pile them off. Sure. Of them and they all have scurvy. At the same time, he becomes <laughs> obsessed with religious study, especially the occult, so that's good. Who doesn't? Always good. I mean, there's nothing to do on the sea. You gotta read a lot. Sailors are notoriously superstitious and (laughs) occulty. How else do they keep the ships afloat if not (laughs) dark magic? That has to be the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's why they don't allow any cats. (laughs) Wait, no, they do allow cats on board, but they're all black cats. Whereas most of the time people don't adopt black cats because they're evil and no women because the witchcraft interferes with navigation. Right. They have to have pure occult dark magic without their witchcraft. Yeah. For no their personal witch, reasons. No witchcraft. Only occult. <laughs> Can't get distracted. <laughs> we're we're joking completely. No, we're not. If it's not clear, <laughs> I am joking completely. <laughs> um so he says that in 1912 he went through his own ceremony of dedication. Um, which he learned of his occult mission, like, what his mission was in life. Which, you know, how nice would it be just, like, to have some sort of being tell you what your mission is in life so you didn't have to pick for yourself? Isn't that how all religions work? Not really. Okay. Well, at least as far as I know, it's not usually to you specifically. No, that means you're a prophet. Yes. Um, or somebody important, Yeah. Um, so he becomes a prophet of Cthulhu He abandons his family And he returns to their native New Zealand His family is not his um, And res- resumes His wanderings <laughs> I'm like has he ever not been wandering It sounds like that's his whole life sounds like He's kind of a wanderer um, And he readies himself for the spiritual Work to which he's been called um, <laughs> So one of them says His shtick was rooted <laughs> his In theosophy no. Do you know anything about philosophy, Haley? It's made up. Uh, yep, <laughs> made up. Theology and philosophy isn't—they're separate things. So I didn't know much about it, and I didn't read a whole lot of about about it because I don't really care. Um, but basically, it's like in the mid nineteenth century, especially there was a lot of people who thought if they just thought about stuff enough that they could figure out things. And one of them was like, maybe we're completely wrong about theology, which you can tell about the popularity of this by the fact that, like, <laughs> Christian religions that were older than this survived the time, and this did not. Like, that you've never heard of this for a reason, because it's weird. Um, and even, like, people who can believe in, like, weird miracles in the Bible are like, no, this is stupid, and I can't <laughs> listen to you anymore. <laughs> But theosophy is obviously combining the words theology and philosophy together. And basically, it's just like if we look into the ancient times, we can find the truth. And it's a lot of combining of religions around the world into like a composite religion where you can find all the truth, which is like interesting in a way, but also like very bizarre. Um... So, like, they talk about, like, that they talk to, like, Mahatmas and Bodhisattvas and stuff, I think. Basically, the story he tells about what happened to him is almost exactly the same as the story that uh, her name is Madame Blavatsky tells. Um, But Madame Blavatsky is, like, the queen of the uh, theosophy movement. Everybody, like, is, like, she's the crown jewel, basically. It's, like, her and two other dudes, or her and two dudes start it. And then when she dies, there's, like, hell, basically. Because then they get in a fight, and then it just, like, explodes. But Um, all of the hell's together. Right. Exactly. (laughs) In in harmony. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, But she's kind of, like, of the theosophy, obviously not in, like, I don't want to say these two people are equivalent in, like, what they do. Um, but, like, she's similar to, like, their Muhammad, in that she's, like, the premier person, a prophetess, and then she dies, and then there's, like, two deeply split factions of, like, who should be in charge, and but then, unlike Islam, um, they just both die out. <laughs> Which is probably far the best. <laughs> yeah, that they don't continue fighting. Um, but obviously, I don't think she has any like actual truth or positivity like Muhammad. It's just a similar situation, mm-hmm. as is with most things. When they have one person who's in charge, they die, and then it's a problem. Yeah. Same thing happens in Christianity after Jesus dies. It's like, uh oh, uh oh, what do <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? He didn't tell us what to do. Panic. But so basically, the story is that she was sailing, and then she started having visions. And then she started this thing, and a whole bunch of people were really into it, and, like, they had a lot of, like, interesting discussions about, you know, religion and what was going on. Um, and then, basically, Brother 12 just steals that account entirely I mean, for his let's, own. let's slow down. It sounds to me as though being on the ship, being on the magic sh- occult ships, mm-hmm. facilitates the visions, <laughs> as we've discussed. Or it makes you crazy just not being able to see <laughs> land for so many days. <laughs> I mean, it's all perspective. It's sure. It's all written by the victors. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just want to say, hers is written first, and his is after. So that might tell you something. So he says... He, he just replicated the experiment. Uh-huh. He says uh, his voyages were punctuated by pilgrimages to the mystic places of the East, where he studied Eastern wisdom under the Ascended Masters. Ah, racist. Yeah. I mean... Any time before, like, very recent (laughs) times, it's like, ooh, the East is exotic. Early 1900s is, like, prime mm -hmm. Uh, Orientalism Right, it is, yeah. Yeah. Ascended masters of the East. That's what I said, right? Mahatmas and Bodhisattvas, that's what's up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should read to you just, like, how they phrase this, and this is why I'm like, okay, can we... So she talks about society as being part of one of many attempts throughout the millennia by the hidden hierarchy to guide humanity in concert with the overall intelligent cosmic evolutionary scheme towards its ultimate immutable evolutionary objective, the attainment of perfection and the conscious, uh, willing participation in the evolutionary process. I mean, there's so much words uh, presuming here. And like buzzwords in there. Evolutionary perfection. Yeah. So she thinks that somehow they can unlock some secret that's going to make people perfect. Yeah. And, like, I guess to send them to, like, Bodhisattva status. But I'm like, why don't you just go with Buddhists? I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, just pick that. No, oh, because they want to be in charge. got to do your own weird thing. It says, typical of a Western magus, Brother Twelve spent his years wandering the world, immersing himself in studies of metaphysics and Eastern religions, so he could pre- prepare for his special occult mission. Um, so then there's some accounts about him having visions, and I want to say that, like, once again, as I've been studying, I was like, these aren't mashing up real good with, like, Numbers. It's always numbers <laughs> is the problem. Like, last time it was like, this high, no, this high, no, this high, and this wide, or this wide, or this fast, and it was just a lot of accounts with very, like, close but different things. Referencing the molasses death. Yes. Yes. So how high the waves were, how fast they were, and how wide they were. Still understandable. You probably aren't uh, paying White. that much attention when you're about to die. Of course. Yeah. Um. But, like, the, the wide variety almost confused me, because I was like, mm. you might must be getting this number from some account, but, like, other people are getting this number from, I guess, a different account, and there doesn't seem to be, like, that those people um, corroborated their sources a lot. Right. (laughs) Because clearly they're having different sources, right? Or they're just, somebody wrote it wrong? Mm -hmm. Don't know. Um, But this one's years different, so I'm like, okay, maybe he wrote it down more than once and he wrote it differently, or somebody wrote it down wrong? Don't know. But he gets visions in either 1924 or 1926. Um, he's in France uh, and he gets sick.
1: That's what it mean, says.
0: He was already. Yeah, but he's like ready. too sick to travel, is basically what it is. Um, it says, uh, but he had a revelation while he was there. Of course. Did you know that Brother Twelve was the reincarnation of the Egyptian god Osiris? He didn't. Lord of the Underworld. That's. uh I mean, that's really good for him. He nailed a big one. Right. And he's also a member of Blavatsky's White Lodge. The Twelfth member, in fact. The White Lodge. <laughs> Hence that's his the name. The White Lodge. Brother Twelve. Oh, Brother Twelve. He's a robot. I mean, I'm convinced <laughs> of it. So he began to communicate with a disembodied entity. Which Which entity? I believe it was Osiris. I mean, but he's Osiris. I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> doesn't. It's very confusing. Um, that identified itself as one of the twelve masters in the White Lodge. So, okay, it's very vague. Um, and since Wilson was the chila, or disciple of the twelfth master, he took the name. So he isn't the twelfth master. He's taking the name as the twelfth master because the twelfth master is speaking to him. But sure. apparently, he is Osiris. Don't know. Don't understand it. It's a lot. Then again, we're not initiates into this, right? So he so that made him become a Mahatma himself, and he's an emissary for the White Lodge, entering the physical realm with a grave message and a mission. Hmm. He's a hero. What is his right well. uh, message? Um, I tried to he so he wrote a book. It's very very short, and I tried to read. You <laughs> wrote it. a pamphlet. I tried to read it, and it was so dumb, and just like a lot of words that didn't uh-huh. make any sense. Yeah. that I couldn't read it. I tried really hard. I appreciate your effort. <laughs> I'll read... You took, some, one, you took one for the team? Somewhere in here there's a quote. Oh, I found it. Here you go. He wrote this book called The Three Truths. Okay. And he proclaimed, I am the messenger of the fire, the messenger of the whirlwind, the messenger of the day of adjustment. By the wind ye shall mount to the heavens if ye be the children of discernment. But as for the stubborn and the deaf and the blind, the winds of destruction shall carry them away. It sounds like the uh, the advertisement for like a Jiffy Lube. <laughs> what? How? The day of adjustment. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am the whirlwind. I am fire. What's, Come the get f- your- <laughs> what's the fire at Jiffy Lube? It's the engine. I mean, engines are nothing but small contained uh, explosions. I guess that make the cargo combustion engine. It's true. Whirlwind, zoom, zoom. <laughs> Jiffy Lube. Oh gosh! But <laughs> if you're blind and deaf, don't go to Jiffy Lube. <laughs> well, I mean, you shouldn't be driving you if you're don't blind. Want you. Don't do that. Get your license taken away. Oh no! I'm telling you, this is actually like a, a V8 cult. <laughs> Engines, but all I can think about is juice. <laughs> both, both. Oh, so so he starts riding in a trance for extended periods of time, which I'm assuming is where he gets all this nonsense. You know, you know, when you're driving around and you can't remember where you're going, mm-hmm. that's the trance. That's the, <laughs> the, trance. That's the Osiris <laughs> trance. Oh no. Um. So he learns in this trance that the old order of the world is over. Mm-hmm. Those we're done with it. It, and it's going to end in fire and violence. Oh, and not, not whirlwinds? Um, not whirlwinds. I mean, I'm assuming the whirlwinds will whip up the fire. Okay. Starting with a fierce depression. So, you know, when you're sad. <laughs> That's when it's starting. Everyone's going to get real sad. <laughs> They're not going to want to go outside. They're going to or... have a real strong apathy, and uh, <laughs> then it will start. They're not going to feel like doing, like, any of their activities they used to love. makes me feel like we're getting close right now yeah. <laughs> in, in the world. And carrying on the devastation or devastating collision with the rogue planet Aquarius. Hmm. So, Aquarius. is not a planet. No, it's a constellation. Um, but at the same time, rogue planets do exist. They do. I, su- I suppose he might have named this one Aquarius. Yeah. Maybe he just named it. Sure. I'm an Aquarius. You know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, that's super important. <laughs> Just to knowing I'd, you as a human, just thought I'd throw it out. Jean, I'm a Taurus. I didn't know that. It makes sense, though. <laughs> <laughs> it explains things. It explains a lot. No, I'm kidding. Um, so his task, brother twelve, is to gather people, pure-hearted people, and build them a refuge in the wilderness. Is this not Jiffy Lou. <laughs> No. Is this not Jiffy Lube? I don't know why you think it is. (laughs) Because everything you're saying sounds like Jiffy Lube. Where a new generation of pure, wise children could be conceived and raised to emerge after the apocalypse into a new millennium. So he wants like a pure-hearted sex club in the wilderness? Yeah. Uh, Good times. It sounds like a mix between Twin Peaks and (laughs) Jiffy Lube. (laughs) What a weird combo. Um, and for some reason, this person's quote says, that bit, uh, British Col- Columbia, was slated to survive the ca- the catastrophe. You know, Twin Peaks takes place, like, very near the Canadian border in Washington. It does, it's true. And British Columbia is right north of us. Yep, right now. So I think, uh, hmm. So. And they do have a white lodge and a black lodge. <laughs> it's true. He has this whole thing. I mean, maybe they got some inspiration from that. It sounds like he does have a thing, doesn't it? He has this whole thing happening, right? So he's like, oh, Canada's going to survive the apocalypse, because of course they would. (laughs) They would. I mean, mean, I'm not saying that sarcastically. They would. They would. So, he's like, gotta go to Canada, but he's in France. So then he goes to Canada, when that he feels better. And then he goes to Toronto, And they're pretty excited to have him there because they've heard about all this nonsense. The Theosophical Society in Toronto. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, some people aren't as into it as other people, but he doesn't need a lot of people. He just needs the good, pure people. So it's fine. He only wants the good ones. Yeah. For his sex cult. He only wants the hot ones. Mm -hmm. The hot Torontos. That's right. So he gets there and he's telling about his message and his vision of the apocalypse and um, he's able to get a pretty good amount of money from people to start this because you got to have the capital to build your new capital, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great joke. I didn't even write that in here. Oh uh, no, it just came to you. It Just came to me. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That, super funny. That explains it. <laughs> Why was it good? <laughs> Written it, it would have been way better. It landed really well. Um, you can hear the laughter from the listeners in a week from now <laughs> when I post it. So these backers included rich American uh, Mary Connolly, who eventually gave him her entire fortune. Oh no! Does this sound to you like anything? Ooh, like every cult ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm specifically thinking of the guy in Fallout who you can give all of your possessions oh, literally yeah. to, oh, oh. and just watch them tick away. <laughs> you, you really did it. I, uh, okay. He also got money from a KKK sympathizer, uh, or sympathizing American senator, Thomas Heflin. Heflin. While well, he's senator, I'm assuming. I mean, he's a sympathizer, so I don't care what happens to him. I mean, I agree, but, like, that's crazy. Who was interested enough that there was a chance at one point Brother 12 would get high-level political backing. That seems like treason. I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> Giving all of your money and assets and political sway to a Canadian. Well, he didn't give all of this money, or he just he said he would back him in a political situation. Treason. I don't think it's treason, <laughs> but uh, apparently, Mary, um, her first donation check to the foundation was twenty five thousand dollars. Oh wow! And adjusted for inflation, that's three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Pretty good. Um, there's also a man. Um, it says a poultry baron from Florida. I don't know what that means. I want to be a poultry baron. (laughs) In Florida? Yeah. I don't know how there's barons in Florida, (laughs) but sure. No, 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 not any baron. A A poultry poultry baron. baron. Beautiful. He loves those chickens. I thought those only existed in Arkansas. (laughs) Nope. Florida, too. Um, he arrived at Cedar by the Sea, which is apparently a town. It's very confusing. It's all hyphenated. Sure. Maybe it's a... I don't know. Um, and he turned over $90,000, which in current times is a million dollars to Brother 12, to build his stupid there's cult. A, there's good money in poultry baroning. <laughs> yes. He needs to build this place, uh, the organization he calls the Aquarian Foundation. Um, has several branches in Canada and the U.S., but they specifically built the refuge in Nanaimo, uh, in British Columbia. Uh, it's on Vancouver Island, so it's very close to us. Um, I like—I'm pretty sure I haven't been there, but I've been close. I've been to Vancouver and Victoria, and I think it's right in the same area. And it, they also included adjacent islands, including De Courcy, which is why he's the devil of De Courcy. Valdez, which he changes his last name to, and Ruxton, which we never talk about at all. <laughs> Should have been Ruxton. <laughs> Should have been Ruxton. Um says it began beautifully with over 2,500 happy believers handing over their assets to him and following him into the wilderness. Oh, no. This is so many people. That's so many people. For so that much, time. So much money. In Canada. Oh, no. Wow. That's just... What? And they're not all from Canada. Lots of them are from America. Because, yeah, when is this? 1920s? 1912? Um, This, I think, this is in the 1920s. Like the mid to late 1920s, I believe. Maybe 1930. it's not like... It's not the bustling huge city it is now up there. No. They're not... not, And that's why they picked the area, because not a lot of people live there, right? So they can just take it over. It also rings very similar to me to, um, the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Mm-hmm. Like, they pick a place in the middle of nowhere, they bring a butt ton of people who gave up all their crap who want to work for them, which, I mean, is also normal, just of cult. But, um, soon you will see that he also gains a, uh, female, uh, friend. Yes. Here. His dragon. Um, his dragon is gonna be joining him soon. Um, remember, he was, he's married and has children, um... I mean, they're... That he left in British Columbia. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, they're close by, probably? Yeah. I mean, I, it never says they got divorced. And it's not really that normal to get divorced in the 20s and 30s, anyway. Um, but maybe she was just like, oh, he died at sea. Or does, uh, ch- uh, children, he died at sea. Which, but, like, mm-hmm. legally, 100% you could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, unless you could prove that he didn't. Mm-hmm. But he's been gone so long, like, whatever. Uh... Like I said, lots of people are just giving him donations and giving him everything they have. There's also a monthly membership fee. It's like a gym. Nice. But also they want all of your everything. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. And his followers, uh, it says they are stripped of their cash and they become slave labor, terrorized, overworked, underfed, sexually exploited, and kept in a constant state of dread over the imminent apocalypse. Hell yeah. Yep. Yep. And he stocked up on armaments and built fortifications on the island. What? Guard towers. Against what? The apocalypse, I don't know. Uh, what? Um, so he, this is, that's what he's working on at first. But then he starts having an affair with one of the new members of the colony, Myrtle Baumgartner. Myrtle. Myrtle. Baumgartner. Baumgartner. Oh, uh, Baumgartner. <laughs> Um, And then he starts changing his teachings to follow such behavior. That's really normal of cult leaders. Like, they kind of have a message, and the message will alter should they feel differently about what they want to have happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming before this, he wasn't really into it being, like, a super sexual cult. He probably was even saying that that wasn't a good thing. And then he changed his mind when he saw Myrtle. Hormones activated. He's like, well... These women completely trust me, yep. and they love me. So. So it's a sex cult now. Hey. It so says, then he took a succession of mistresses, including married women, with the helpless consent of their husbands. Of course. Uh-huh. To his house of mystery. No. A place normally forbidden to others. No. Yep. House of mystery. House of mystery. Nope. Mm. Call your dad. Here's a quote. The fate of one of these consorts was classic. She had a miscarriage, went mad, and was sent away penniless. Into the woods. Bye. Now we're going to talk about his faithful uh, sidekick, dragon. Um... Which is English born, Saskatchewan raised, ex school teacher, divorcee. There's so many wow. descriptions. Sounds like a superhero. Very specific. <laughs> Named Mabel Robotham Scottaway. Scottaway? Scottaway. I don't know how to say her name. Uh, but I don't need to ever again because she's known more elegantly to the disciples of Brother 12 as Madam Z. What? That's really cool. <laughs> she is pretty cool. Oh, no. Cool. Um, so she was notorious for using her writing crop on members of the colony. Oh, no. That she deemed unsatisfactory. Oh, that's hot. Oh, no. (laughs) She eventually left her husband, a wealthy poultry farmer. Oh, what is it with this? (laughs) What is it with the poultry? It's not the same one, yeah. Um, that had already given $100,000. Oh, maybe it is the same one. Um, to the foundation. So he gives the money to, like... Because she probably encourages him, and then she leaves him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, uh, Madame, I am uh, Madam Z, and hello with you. So she turns into their harsh task mistress. Oh, no. And she's worse than Brother 12. Oh, no. She's apparently pathologically sadistic and controlling. Weird kink camp. And she's got a bullwhip and a foul mouth, apparently. Oh, no. That's what it says. She sounds really cool. They also attempted to murder their enemies, of course. This like, is, what else do you do? This is fantastic. <laughs> I am all aboard of this. Including high ranking government officials with black magic. I am all about <laughs> That's this. That's how they're gonna murder us. This them. is amazing. Black magic. I was not on board, I'm on board now. <laughs> You're like I love it. <laughs> I knew you'd like this. Yes. Um, So they're getting a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot. I mean, they're murdering people with black magic, and they have... Well, they're trying. uh, I mean, probably. (laughs) It just takes a long time. We'll assume it's successful. (laughs) Uh, But they're getting a lot of money from people coming in, people just giving them donations, all sorts of crap. Right. And they're doing their... Not only their huge influx at the beginning, but their monthly fees as well. So... Like people are getting jobs in the towns nearby, mm-hmm. inclu- like that on top of their slave labor at home, in order just to pay their monthly dues. Wow. Yeah. It's rough. But they have so much money, but Brother 12 does not trust the banks, because once the apocalypse starts, the banks are all going to go. Yeah. And that's and your money's just gone. You just shouldn't trust the banks in general. Especially not in the 20s, yeah. 30s. <laughs> Something terrible's going to happen to you. Like, now, you can mostly trust them. No. You still can't. I mean, as far as, like, comparatively to the time. Sure. Because now we, like, we keep things electronically, and it's a lot safer as far as, like, them giving it back to you, I guess. If, Mm -hmm. like, something goes missing or something terrible happens, them being liable to you. Whereas in this time, it's like, no. No. Oh, well, we messed up. I guess you just don't have money anymore. Anyway. I guess if our bank burns down, then you're just screwed, huh? Hmm, I guess the money's just gone. Forever. Oh, well. Wow. Yeah. So he doesn't trust the banks. So instead, he starts getting his members to exchange their paper money for gold coins. Oh, no. Um, he's, he's the Andrew Jackson of the North. Usually American gold eagle coins, which I've never heard of, um, which used to be in $10 and $20 denominations. Which I'm like, fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, that were still in circulation then. They're not anymore. I'm sure they're worth a lot now because they're old and they don't make them. I think I might have one. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, not on me. Sure. Interesting. Um, But, obviously, if you have this huge storage of gold, you need to do something with it. No, you just put it in a big pile and dive into it. (laughs) Just like Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Just like Scrooge McDuck. That's the dream. DuckTales hadn't come out yet, so they didn't know. That's what they are supposed (laughs) to do. They didn't understand. (laughs) But, so they have to find somewhere to put it. And specifically somewhere to hide it. Because, one, they don't want anyone to just walk in and take it. But, two, in case the bad things happen, they need it to be safe. Or if they get caught, Mm -hmm. they need it to be somewhere only they can find it. What is so, it? Wh- I don't understand. I don't understand. What are you going to do with all this gold after the end of the world? That's a good question. Would angels need it? I don't know. They were like, well, we will let you into heaven, but only for a poor price. <laughs> yeah, I have no <coughs> idea. If you've got $5. Um, right, <laughs> why is it worth anything anymore? <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. No one's going to care about money. They're going to want, like, food and water. Maybe the world's actually not going to end. What?! What it's and all just, just a, a ruse? Scamming people? It's a scam? <laughs> how is that possible? I'm just saying, if someone's scamming you like this, you need to think about your options. Yeah, think it through. Think it through. So, do you know how they hide this money? Do they bury it? Do they put it in a big trunk and put it in the water? <laughs> they do bury it, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Don't. So, they they fill good old mason jars <laughs> okay. to the brim with coins to the brim. To the brim. Not halfway. Nope. To the brim. To the brim. Okay. And then, to make sure they don't move around, they pour melted paraffin wax in so that everything stays where it is. So they got waxy coins. Okay. And then they seal it up, and then they put them in boxes. And on these, in the wooden boxes, or uh, Brother 12 would add rope handles so that they were easy to carry. Sure. Which is smart. And he would secretly move these boxes onto his tugboat, which I cannot pronounce the name of, um His tugboat. Tugboat Q. Well, it's a, it's a K, but sure. Tugboat K. In the dead of night, transporting his treasure and burying it in different locations around the islands is the rumor. What? Can we go there and try to find gold? <laughs> I'll get to it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so no. Up to, up to 43 jars have been rumored valued at upwards of half a million dollars. Okay. But there was enough money left over for them, it says, to buy and refit a 20-ton trawler, the Lady Royal, and a tugboat. Wow. So they bury all this money, but they have some money that they buy these boats for. With. Um, But then some of the members are like, I don't like this so much. This isn't what I signed up for. What would you not like about it? Yeah, I don't Why know. Why are you not satisfied? How could that be true? That seems impossible You know what? Me. You're not pure enough. You're getting kicked out. All right. Is, is, is Madame Z hitting other people more than you? Do you need more attention with the bullwhip? Yep. I don't understand. In her foul mouth. In her foul, foul <laughs> mouth. <laughs> um, so a few people get disenchanted, it says. <laughs> um, and they go to the courts. Oh. With tales of abuse. Slavery and financial irregularity. The courts aren't going to help you with your uh, with your otherworldly Osiris problem. <laughs> that's that's part of the Dark Council now. Right, <laughs> you have to go to the Dark. And Brother Twelve is in charge of that. And Madam Z. Um, so they do actually go to court. Hmm. Does it does get um, processed? Um, and but there's a story um, that an attorney that was suing him collapsed suddenly during a hearing, followed by an entire row of people behind him, like they had been knocked out. There you go. Brother 12 just looks at them and they just fall down like dominoes. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Um, and then in 1933, a judge eventually ruled in the favor of the ex-Foundation members. Um, so it's like hell yeah, that's dark magic. Yeah, you, that's you get your money back. That's evil and uh <laughs> that's evil. You win. What a good Canadian judge. Uh <laughs> that's evil and mean. <laughs> that's I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, But the members were unable to collect the money awarded to them in the suit as they found out that Brother Twelve and Madame Z had fled the colony. Bye! Also, they buried all the money. Not only did they flee the colony, Brother Twelve wrecked the colony in vengeance. Um, And it says they kicked the rest of the faithful out. There you go. And they just frickin' killed it all. Well, I mean, that's nice that they didn't burn all the people inside it. Yep. I guess. It, well, it says they leave them bewildered, tormented, and penniless. But they're still under his thrall. And for years to come, they will stay there and hope oh, he's coming back. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, no. no Spoiler one, alert. He's not coming back. No one helped them? I mean, they apparently didn't need it. Sounds like they needed it. <laughs> they just <laughs> believed. Sounds like they may have they needed believe. it. Um, They're like, you didn't get a notice from the Dark Council. We we don't follow your ruling. (laughs) (laughs) So Brother Twelve and Madam Z even used dynamite to sink their prized sailboat, the Lady Royal, into the lagoon. Nice. Outside of de Corsi. I just want this to be a movie. Yeah. They just, like, get the courts involved, and then they're just like, Take sledgehammers and just bust everything down. They blow up their boat. They're like, nope, no, no witnesses, no trail. Bye. <laughs> no witnesses. No witnesses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Except for all of you terrible people. Uh, and this is. And they took the tail, the, the tugboat, and sailed away into legend. <laughs> they took the tugboat. Bye. Bye. Um. So they, of course, they probably took the jars with them. Um, but there are tales that there are buried treasure, um, around the colony's infrastructure, hmm. and around the islands, around that island. Oh, uh, it says so. They eventually, in their tugboat, return to England, which that'd take a long time. Wow, in a tugboat? Is, Is that it... even possible <laughs> from Canada? From Canada? From Western from, from Canada? The western part of Canada. They get to England. Ah. Uh... I don't know if their tugboat makes it all the way there. I don't think you can do that in a tugboat. (laughs) But they must have had further plans that we don't know about. Sure. Um, Or maybe they had dark magic. And this is also, I believe, speculation that this was them, specifically, um, before immigrating to, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Neuchâtel, uh, Switzerland, in August of 1934. Uh, According to a death certificate signed by a Swiss doctor, conveniently a member of the Aquarian Foundation, Edward Arthur Wilson died on November 7th, 1934, in his apartment in Neuchâtel. Hmm. So, apparently he died in Switzerland. Hmm. But that report was written by somebody in his foundation. How old would he have been? Um, I don't remember how old he was. Hold on. He was born in 1878, mm-hmm. and this is 1934. I so he would have been, like, just shy of 60, right? 56? I did that math wrong. <laughs> well, 1878 plus 30 would be 1908, plus 30 would be 1938, but he's saying 1934, so he'd be 56? 56? Math. I put in the wrong numbers into a calculator and got a hundred, so... <laughs> he's not a hundred. He's not a hundred. Uh, I believe it's 56 he would have been. So, like, old-ish. old-ish. Not terribly old, but old enough that you could potentially believe he was dead? You could knock him down with a bucket of water. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, apparently he died in Switzerland in 1934, but some reports say he was seen in San Francisco with his lawyer after his alleged death. So, they think he might have been in San Francisco oh. afterwards. A good place to be. I mean, I don't know how he's getting... I mean, I know he's a sailor and everything, and he was a captain, but he's getting all over the world, seemingly really fast, in the 30s. Alexis, we're discounting his dark magics. <laughs> his dark magics helped him. Haley, this is going to be your favorite part, though. Oh, my gosh. Better than the <laughs> Madam Z? Well, it involves her. Okay. So, where and when he died is unknown. Mm-hmm. But 1934 in Switzerland is people's best guess. Madame Z's fate is unknown. She's still around. <laughs> she lives with us now. Uh-huh. Or she ascended. She could... Or she did. She could be anywhere. <laughs> I love the anyone. idea that he, like, died in Switzerland and she's just like, bye, and then took all the money with her. <laughs> now it's my turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> bye. Nice. Okay. So the last thing we have to talk about is the treasure, obviously. Yeah. So John Oliphant wrote a book about him. Oliphant? Oliphant wrote a book about him called Brother Twelve, The Strange Odyssey of a 20th Century Prophet. And so he's kind of the, he's the man as far as Brother Twelve goes. He knows everything. He's the man. He's the man. What a strange uh, tugboat you (laughs) attached yourself to. Um, And he's estimated Brother Twelve hordes of gold coins were worth about $400,000 at the time, which is just under $6 million today. Many have tried to locate them, digging through DeCoursey Island, dismantling the cabins and nearby, searching nearby caves, um, but none have found treasure. They say, it seems plausible that a secretive, greedy egomaniac would have kept a tight hold on his money. He swindled from people, and he did end up in, the country, or in a country notorious for anonymous and protective bank laws. That's true. Which is ironic, given his fear of the banks. You just had to get a really good one. I so just gotta go to Switzerland, that'll be good. If um it's good enough for Europe, it's good enough for you. So someone named Spulveda... That's not a real name. Or, sorry, Sepulveda. That's even less real. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sepulveda had helped Brother 12 build a cement block on an inland... Or, in, islet? Inlet, I think it means. I just spelled it wrong. Is- islet? I don't know. Just off of the coast of de Corsi Island. Um, and he told Oliphant about a ceremony that Brother 12 held around this block. So Oliphant interviewed this guy, who says he helped him build this thing. And that he did some sort of ceremony, which is not surprising. Um, but what he didn't mention in the book, but Oliphant told to a reporter of a uh, article I read, is that Sepulveda says he stored coins in that cement block. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it's just a solid cement thing, and it's got like a piece of rebar in it, basically. Um, but that's the handle to pick it up mm. so that you can find the secret cash in there. Um, it says uh, so When people- Olafant was researching his book, he eventually found the block, but it was cracked open, hollow, and empty. People already took it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Maybe this guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah, that's totally where we mm, put the money. Yeah. Um, and then it says Olafon also heard a story about a mysterious old sea captain. Of course, no, o- you were gonna say a mysterious old sea cow. <laughs> mysterious old sea cow. He talked to a whole bunch of manatees <laughs> and a mysterious old one. <laughs> yep, and it knew everything. Full of dark wisdoms, and it led him underwater directly to um, just a butt ton of gold. Just full of dark <laughs> wisdoms and gold. <laughs> In its belly. That old sea That's how he cow. got rid of it. He fed it to a manatee. <laughs> a wise old sea captain. <laughs> a wise old, old manatee. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> sea captain. Um, known only to Nanaimo's residents as the captain. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> just, like, get his freaking name. I want to live in a place where there's just a guy called the captain. <laughs> right you don't know a lot about and he just is there. He's just like this old crusty man. I just imagine him as like the perfect classic captain. Like he's right. he's wearing the, the all the garb. He's got a peg leg. Yep. Eye patch. Eye patch. He's white hair, white beard. Yeah. He talks about like hidden treasure all the time. Yeah. And like people that are after him. Yeah. And you're like wow. You're he's, like, and he's just very cryptic all the time all the about time. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like something out of treasure island. Yeah. But he's Canadian and he just lives in the bar. Yep. He drinks drinks a lot of rum. He's just the captain. He's been there forever. Um, According to the friend that he talked to, the captain claimed to have found Brother 12's treasure um, and said he was keeping it in a safety deposit box in a bank near downtown Vancouver. Sure. (laughs) Sure. The captain. So let's break into all the safety deposit boxes boxes in Vancouver. That'll work. Um, Olafant says he never tracked him down to confirm it. He can't find the captain. Because he's a ghost. That (laughs) wise old dugong. But according to (laughs) the friend, um, the captain said that he found the gold on or near Valdez Island. uh, And it was encased in a block of cement. Okay. So they think he might have found the cement money. But it's also presumed that not all the money was in the cement block place. Mm -hmm. Because that's a lot. Yeah. 43 mason jars. Right, I thought they were probably not fit in that or something, They were to be moved. They might have taken them out to hide them. Sure. Um, A caretaker for one of the DeCoursy colonies, um, few remaining residents discovered a trap door beneath a small building used as a chicken coop. What? The man ripped up the floorboards remembering the stories of Brother 12 and his tendency to hide treasure in such ways. But when he did, he found the hiding place or when he found the hiding place. He found no gold, just a rolled up piece of paper. What? Scrawled in chalk on the dark surface. What? Was a final message from Brother Twelve. What? An angry shout from the past, Oliphant's book reports. For fools and traitors, nothing. It was the chickens all along. <laughs> <laughs> the poultry! It was the poultry. There's so much poultry <laughs> There's always the chicken, but there's actually a message in there. It wasn't just like it could have uh, been a hiding spot. It's like it's from him in there. That's he amazing. probably signed it. Chicken coop. It's, there's a hidden trap door in a building you're using as a chicken coop. What? <laughs> oh my god! And gosh. you rip up the floorboards and find a message in there. Canada, you need to get on this. It's so cool. I wanna. Okay, I wanna find. Chickens. It, one more thing, and we're almost done. So there's this man <laughs> named. <laughs> His name is (laughs) Go-Go. Okay. I'm assuming it's his last name. You know what? This story needed a little something on top, and it was Go-Go. Go-Go. So, Go-Go, his uh, dad, I believe. Go-Go Sr. man. an old man. His dad apparently knew Brother 12, and he was alive at that time and lived there. And he says, the old man told me a different story. He told me that this Brother 12 would invite all of these guys up, they would... Or they said there was great hunting and fishing and all these business guys from Seattle and San Francisco would come up and there would be prostitutes there dressed up like they were working maids. Those maids were very good looking and very obliging. Is this not Twin Peaks? This sounds a lot more like Twin Peaks. This is Twin Peaks. He documented all of these activities one way or another and he blackmailed them. These men. Sure. Um, There's probably not another person who could have told you that story other than my father. Says Go-Go. I don't know why his father knows these things, but... I won't speculate. Um, Go-Go's son, David. <laughs> Go-Go Jr.
1: Acquired.
0: The, the he acquired Brother 12's dining room table, which he has at his house. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I would have preferred the gold, but fine. He outbid a Vancouver law firm for the item. Wow. To keep it in the community. Wow, you would have had to bid a lot. Right. For a law, a law firm from Vancouver. Yeah. Which is oh like the capital of Western Canada. <laughs> what? Um... And to keep in the community. That was the whole purpose. Oh. Well, that's um, nice, I guess. Yeah, sure. And diners at the table now look over a field where Go-Go's great-grandfather grew potatoes, um, which he's... Oh, I guess it's Gogo's uh, not that old, because he's a great-grandfather. He just said the old man. I assumed it was his dad. I was wrong. <laughs> the old, the, old, the um, old old, manatee. But he grew potatoes, which he sold to Brother 12's community. So that must be how he knew them and yeah. knew about the prostitution rings. He was a potato <laughs> trader. Um... Other artifacts remain, um, along with buildings like the Mystery House. Like the House of Mystery. (laughs) Why would you? Okay. Also known as the Center Building. Significantly less cool. The Center. At Cedar by the Sea. And a building known as the Aquarian Palace in Cedar. Is that like a chicken hut? I don't think so. (laughs) Um, Eight years ago, the Nanaimo Museum hosted a Brother 12 exhibit. That featured the mystic printing press, or his printing press, typewriter, and a block of wood with writing on it, among other pieces. Hmm. I actually saw a wood block, like, printing, like, a picture, um, about Brother Twelve when I was researching this. That's really cool. Oh, right. Um, in an email to the news bulletin from Southeast Asia, I don't know, Oliphant said a number of Wilson's early letters, written when he was a young man, when he was down there, um... Were recently discovered, and the present owner of Mystery House recently showed a documentary filmmaker uh, through to revisit its eerie past. So, mm-hmm. someone's making a documentary about him, which is pretty cool. cool. Um, and the Fringe Tastic Theater Festival presented mm-hmm. The Cult of Brother Twelve in August, a dark musical comedy that highlighted <laughs> Wilson's <laughs> greed and his ability to attract and seduce wealthy women and chickens. And that's it. That's and 12. Jiffy Lube. <laughs> Jiffy Lube. Manatees. And manatees. <laughs> Wise old sea cows. So many things in this episode. <laughs> That's Brother 12. Brother That's 12. Canadian. Um, Canadian 18th robot. century. Rasputin. Robot chicken. Overlord. Overlord. Yeah. And Madam Z. is like a ghost in the night. It's like Dr. Mrs. the Monarch esque beautiful side lady. I just love, she's like the Sheila of this, and I love that she just gets to, like, remain super mysterious and cool. She, she, like, flies out of this on a powerboat into the sunset. Right, by herself. And I love it. Just, like, throwing gold coins in the (laughs) air. I got rid of my chicken husband. I got rid of this crazy moron robot. I got all his money. I got all his money. I bet she murdered him. I I hope she did. (laughs) I really hope that for her. I want her to be happy. I mean, it sounds like she was real happy. Yeah. like She loved it. She won all the things. I mean, she was literally, like, like obviously they weren't um, poor or anything. Her and her husband, but like, she went from just being like lowly poultry wife to. poultry baroness. Yeah, uh, yeah, basically. To, uh, freaking being a number two in a cult, which I will state once again is the best number to be as far as basically everything goes. <laughs> once again, for the record. You wanna be a number two, not well, a number one. You wanna be number. <laughs> <laughs> number two is the. the number two. It's do. prime. Yes. Prime, no, no, well. It's yeah. not actually prime as far as math is concerned, but. <laughs> Prime cult number. Is it prime? No, it is. Because it's only by one in itself, right? Delete this. <laughs> Delete your account. Look it up real quick. Okay. Keep talking. I, <laughs> All wa- I do terrible math. No, I want to... Terrible wanna, math Googles. I want to wait. Is two. Two is a prime it's number. a prime number. Yeah. Uh, no factors. One in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Prime number. Ha ha. Ha ha. So it is prime. Safe. No threats. Victory. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a prime number to be in math and in cults. It's the best one. What about, like, three? Be a number three in a cult? Yeah. It's not as good. What about number five? No. What about number seven? You're just naming prime numbers. Yeah. Yeah, they're not as good. What about number 11? No. What about number... Uh, did I say seven yet? You did. What about number 13. Brother, nope. what about brother thirteen? <laughs> he doesn't exist. <laughs> um Thank you for listening, listeners. To you, our you are so beautiful to me. me. Um you, and thanks Canada for having somebody so frickin' cool and weird. Your strange gold hoarding robot god. Yeah. It was fun. I say robot because anyone named Brother 12 is clearly not fully organic. Especially when it's not even like the number 12, it's Roman numerals. Mm -hmm. At best, he's a page out of a book. Right. At worst, he is himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he could not get too much worse. (laughs) Um, Um, I need to see a picture of this man. I mean, he just looks like... Like exactly what you think he looks like. Uh, how would I don't know if you're thinking what I'm thinking. Brother Twelve. I don't know. No, that wasn't what no? I was thinking. Okay. No. I think he just looks exactly like a cult leader. He's he's like much more uh, handsome than I was expecting. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, being handsome helps. I guess. I mean, they did compare him to Rasputin, who's not handsome at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Did you learn to Haley? Haley today? I didn't know any of this. Did you Did you enjoy it, Brother 12? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking up Brother Madness. 12, and most of the pictures are to do with Big Brother 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Big Brother starts soon. It's, it's, hey. it's an interesting mixture of old-timey pictures. <laughs> and, and Hayden. And, and, uh, is that his name? Click on it. Yeah, Hayden. Hayden, Hayden Mons. See, I know what his name is just by looking at him. This was this was seven seasons ago, Gosh. and I know, I think it was seven seasons ago. You know, Big Brother is kind of like a cult, a little bit. I'm in that one. Yeah, you're in it. You you tell me all about those. You'll thing. have to watch with us, with me, Alyssa. <coughs> it starts on when it starts tomorrow. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch the new season. I'll watch. I do like. Um, not naked people just being stupid inside a house and there's just you'll love it because there's so much paranoia it's insane <laughs> i mostly like it because it's fun listening to your recaps sure constantly people are like that person's going to try to destroy me this week and i have to do something <laughs> and then i'm like i've literally never heard that person talk and about it like you. hard cuts to them doing a little closet interview like who yeah, who's basically. that person? I mean, I am I have other things to worry about. Than right, that, I don't that know person. why they think I care about them. Is that Lance from NSYNC? No, it's. It, I think his name is Matt. It looks. Oh, Matt Ho. H O H. Matt Ho. Okay, we should probably conclude. <laughs> now we're just talking about Big Brother pictures. Uh, Matt Ho. I remembered his name too. I haven't watched his this season this, in a long time. Is I Brendan. His name's Brendan. Brendan. Yeah. And this one's Matt. No, that's no, Hayden. Uh, Hayden again. And that one's Matt. This one's he. Oh, he does look like Lance Bass from Insane. I agree. Yes. Especially but maybe just in this picture. Probably just in that picture. Another, that's Hayden. Another Hayden. Yeah. He has so he, many he teeth. Wins. He has so many teeth. He, he wins the the season. That's why there's so many pictures. Uh, of him. He won twelve. Yeah. He, he is brother twelve. 12. <laughs> He's He's much more attractive. He's big brother 12. Look at all of his (laughs) teeth. It's beautiful. Look at all his gummy works. I'd follow him straight to Nanaimo. (laughs) Look at all his gummy works. I'd give him all my money. And all of his teats. Okay, we're done now. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Facebook. Uh, You probably listen to it on our website where we have links to everything. Email us. Our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. It is. That's all we got for you this week. Pretty much. I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. Don't be in a cult. Call your dad. Call your dad. You're call in a cult. Your, call your dad. Uh, call your mom. Call yeah, talk to your parents talk unless they unless they suck, you know. Or talk to your like grandparents. Be like grandma, sure. I'm in a cult. Call yeah. Grandma, I'm in a cult. The wise old dugong led me straight Brother 12. <laughs> Brother 12. I'm going to start a cult and I, I'm going to be sister 13. Okay. That's my plan. Okay, so if anyone wants to join, what about Lord Thirteen? Please email me. That's a good idea. Lord Thirteen, are you kidding me? Why would you not go straight for Lord? I should, do Lord, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Let's hear, hear you later. <laughs> You'll hear us next time. You'll hear us next time. Bye. 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 Uh, cult. I'm in a cult. <laughs> Save me. Bye. This is a cult. She's holding me captive. Making me do podcasts. Whatever. <laughs>